This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 41, Animal Crackers. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. Thanks, of course, to all of you for tuning in. In this week's episode, I've got some knitting, spinning, sewing, some good news, and apparently I'll be giving quite a bit of stuff away. But we will kick this all off, of course, with updates. The first update, Carlin is home. My spinning wheel made it back to me in one piece, and I could not be happier to have her back in the house, and I've already started working with her, and she is making me happy beyond belief. Love her. So glad that my little Victoria is back. It's a fantastic wheel, and I love her. In addition, it looks like the only other update I have is on the Flashback Sock Knit Along. As you recall, the flashback knit-along closed out at the end of the day on February 28th. And I went through all the entries, counted them up, assigned numbers to all of our photos, and then drew two winners from that list by random number. And the winners of our drawing for the flashback sock cow are Crystal Teaches and Gigi Darling. Congratulations, ladies, and to everybody who finished their socks. If you didn't quite finish your socks in time, feel free to continue posting your photos. I certainly want to see what everybody produced. Even if you didn't make it in in time to be entered in the drawing, that doesn't mean that you have to stop knitting along. I know that some of you took on the flashback sock cow as your opportunity to knit those first socks ever, and I certainly want to see those. So thanks again to everybody, and keep on knitting if you were participating and didn't make it in in time. To our two winners, congratulations again. I'll be contacting you for addresses and to find out what you have selected. If you recall, each of those two drawing winners gets their choice of either one of the Counting Sheep Drawstring Project Bags or a copy of Cookie A's book, Knit Sock Love. Congrats again, guys, and thanks to everybody who participated. I really had a lot of fun with that project, and I've already started thinking about the next along. As a little hint, spring is right around the corner, if that gives you any idea of what I've got in the works. And I believe back in January, I had said that I wanted to do a cooperative effort between myself and one other podcaster, and we have started the planning and scheming for that. So that is in our futures. That's all I got in updates, so I guess it's time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I've got a little story for you about animal crackers. Okay, it's not really about crackers, but I didn't know what else to call it. It's really about the nine-year-old's trials and tribulations with animals over the past week. It's not been a good animal week in my house. So, last week, Itty Betty spent the night with her dear friend, who has a gigantic fish tank in her living room. And the kid absolutely fell in love with telescope fish. It's an inexpensive fish that you can find at, you know, the local PetSmart or Walmart or whatever. 
and supposedly they're very easy to take care of. Now, not to my child's fault, but the poor fish met its demise on its first full day in our household. She brought the fish home, set up the fish tank, named the little guy Freddy, and then her five-year-old cousin came over and had dinner with us. And when no one was looking, the kid snuck back to my daughter's room and decided that she did not like the way that the fish smelled. So she added perfume to the fishbowl water. And the next morning, poor Freddy was floating at the top of the bowl. Oh, there were many, many tears. And it was a very, very sad day. And my daughter, sadly, is convinced that animals hate her. The very next day, after the fish met his demise, Itty Bitty and I went on, you know, a little neighborhood bike ride. We didn't go very far. It was kind of cold. But we made it all the way to the top of the big hill. And as we debated whether or not to keep going or turn back and go home, we were met by two very large, very, very loudly barking, intimidating dogs. Then again, we were met with many, many tears and a poor little frightened girl about falling off her bike. So we rode fast as we could until we got out of range and the dogs decided that we were no longer a threat, only to be met around the next corner by two more very large, very intimidating dogs that were not there before when we rode past the first time. And that's not even it. There was one more at the end of the road just waiting for us. It's like they were hiding behind bushes or something and waiting for us to pass so that our return trip would not be safe. I mean, they really weren't that scary and intimidating to an adult. All I had to do was talk to them for a second, and they chilled out and realized we weren't a threat. Like, as we rode by, you know, I called them good boys and just kept riding and tried to stay between my daughter and the dogs. But yeah, she was just crying her little eyes out, scared. And that, that really was the clincher to when she decided that animals hate her. It's been a week. She's nine. She's over it, thank goodness. Since the, uh, the original fish met its demise by unnatural causes, we decided it was relatively safe, as long as we keep an eye on the cousin, to bring another fish into the household. So she went and picked a beautiful little betta fish that she calls Spot, and he is doing fine. He's been here for more than four days, and he is swimming around and enjoying his little fish bowl and his brightly colored pink tree that she picked for him. And I think she's over it, but it was definitely an animal crackers kind of week. That poor kid, I felt so bad for her. But thankfully, they're resilient and they bounce back. And that is all I've got this week in Spin a Tale. Let's turn our attention to spinning my wheels. In the past week, I have been relatively productive. And I feel like I've gotten a lot done and that makes me super happy. Sadly... The knitting front, I've gotten a lot done, but haven't gotten a lot done. That kind of happens when I take on bigger projects. I have two garments in the works right now. I've got the, still have the cardigan for my daughter. And I mean, it's definitely not a difficult knit. I'm not making like a super fast project. When I give myself deadlines and take on larger stuff, it kind of takes me a while to actually get things finished. So between the second line neck cardigan and the Camp Kip tank top, I'm just kind of trucking along on those and haven't made progress on anything else. But I did manage to get the tank top cast on in the Monos cotton that I talked about last week. And I've gotten about four inches knit. It's very, very 
Like, the pattern kicks off with very strange construction to start with because it has that gathered front and you're building it from the bottom up. So right now I've gotten four inches of the front done and like it's got some at the same time knitting and like I let it marinate for like two days before I jumped into the at the same time increases because I wanted to make sure that I thoroughly understood those instructions and didn't mess it up because there's a lot of room for error in that whole at the same time stuff. Because on one section of increases, I'm increasing every right side row like 20 times. And then in the second set of increases, I'm increasing like not like nine stitches every four rows right in the center to build that whole gather section. But it was like, when do you start each one? It's not hard to even keep count because they're relatively easy rows. It's just stocking that stitch with increasing. So it's super easy. But when do I start the at the same time? Because there was a really, really confusing line right before that started. But I got it figured out, got it cast on, and I'm knitting away now. So that's pretty exciting. I really like the fabric. I like that cotton. I think I'm one of the few podcast knitters that actually likes knitting with cotton. I've never had the problems that a lot of other people have had. It doesn't hurt my hands. I don't have any issues knitting with cotton at all. I actually like it. I've made quite a few dish rags in my day and, you know, various little cotton tops for the girls here and there. I like cotton. It makes me happy. So this tank top is a super joy. And the knit girls agreed that the uh, the color should look very nice on me. So we will have to see how that pans out. And I'll just keep chugging away on that. I have been very productive, of course, in my other stuff in spinning because Carlin came home and because I watched that DVD that I'm going to review later on in the episode. I am back to spinning on my fleece. Right now, I'm still sampling. I'm not very confident in my abilities to make this fleece work. The Rambouillet is a fine wool, and it intimidates me. I'm using the information that I learned on the DVD in hopes of finding the right drafting method to make this fleece do what I want it to do. Is that right? Well, I'm trying to figure out what the fleece wants to be, what the yarn wants to look like, and how it will produce the best yarn so that I can actually make something out of it. So I'm still chugging away on that. I did a half ounce sample the other day and plied it back on itself just to see what a two-ply will look like. And I'm going to start a second sample today and try a short draw to see what we end up with on a two-ply there. So I'm kind of going back to where I came from and just resampling to see what I can come up with. I really want to spin my fleece before I leave. And I've got like 74 days to do it. So we'll have to see if I can accomplish this or not. And in, other than that, I am spinning away on the samples that I will begin reviewing next week and having a lot of fun. Actually, the first sample that I picked was not a lot of fun. It had a very generous amount of silk in the blend, and that gave me a hard time. But I did finish that sample, and I'm on to the next one. So we will have to see. I'm saying that a lot this episode. We will have to see. We will have to see. Anyway, I'm going to keep chugging along on those, and next week I should have some wonderful information on how these samples are spinning up. Alrighty then. The next thing is sewing. Sewing has been very, very consuming this week. I actually took a goof-off day from work on Thursday, and me and one of the knit girls went fabric shopping. I've signed up for a couple classes, and I needed to pick fabric for the samples that we will be making. And that was quite a chore. I've decided that I'm going to knit twice the sample for the class, the one class that we're making, because I wanted to end up with products for both of my girls. You know, when it was all said and done, 
I had to pick two sets of seven coordinating fabrics for this project that I'm about to undertake. And my brain hurt when I got done. It took so long. I would have never imagined that it would take that long to pick fabric. But I wanted it to be right, and I wanted the fabric to meet my girls' personalities, and I think it did a good job, so the final product should make them very, very happy. I'm not used to shopping for fabric like that at all, like with a goal. I'm used to going into a fabric store, checking the remnants bin, uh, looking for sales, and mulling over the fat quarters to see what strikes my fancy. That's the way I shop for fabric. In addition to going to thrift stores, looking for shirts and stuff that can be recycled. Yeah, that's the way I shop. So this experience was a very long undertaking and quite painful. So I'm glad I won't have to do that again anytime soon. It was kind of fun, but then kind of not. I think I'd be better prepared next time. This time hurt a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm surviving. So we'll get over it. Also, yeah, I kind of went on a tangent with those uh, DPN cases that I was sewing. The problem that I have is that I go through all my fabric match things up, and then start sewing. And then I go, ooh, I love that one. It's so pretty. I think I'll keep it for myself. Oh, wait, let's try this fabric combination. Ooh, that one's my favorite. I think I'll keep it for myself. And I make like, I made eight of these DPN cases and can't decide which one I like the best. Um, and I need two of them for me. But I might keep going and, um, and sew some more until I really find the ones that I'm in love with. And I've decided that this weekend I will sew a mock-up of the interchangeable needle bag that I want. I will do it. I will conquer this zipper. It will not keep me down. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm taking on this coming week for sewing. And I've gotten a lot accomplished. And that makes me super excited. I'm stoked. That is for sure. And that, my friends, is all I've got going on in spinning my wheels. It's been a very productive week. And there are many more productive weeks to come. And now I'm going to put my spin on an interweave produced DVD entitled Drafting the Long and Short of It. Drafting the Long and the Short of It features Abby Frankemont, who is like my new spinning hero. She's totally awesome. My initial impressions of Abby are fantastic. I totally wish I could take an in-person class with her. She is hilarious. She made me laugh out loud twice which is very difficult to do. You should ask my husband. I don't laugh enough, that's for sure. I really enjoyed her speaking style and her presentation style. And for me, the information provided in the video was very, very useful and very valuable. When I got done watching the video, all I wanted to do was try like all these techniques that I hadn't done before. So even though Abby was not able to improve my skills after watching the video once, she certainly motivated me to try stuff because she made it seem so much easier than I had imagined that it would be, and so much clearer. When it comes to prose, drafting the long and short of it provides a lot of information on varying drafting techniques from the short draw to the traditional pure long draw and everything in between. She also offers snippets of information that go along with that, such as how to join new fiber as you're spinning, and tips for which drafting methods to use and plying methods to use to get the results that you want out of your finished yarn. I really enjoyed the information that Abby provided in the video, and I highly recommend that. When it comes to criticisms, 
Now, on the con side, I was not overly pleased with the production value on the video. Not just that I'm picky, but there are instances where I believe the production issues with this video could cause confusion, particularly in a beginner. One, the lighting was horrible. There are scenes where Abby has a white cloth draped over her lap, and because of the lighting situation and oversaturation, those scenes really like hurt my eyes. I mean, literally hurt my eyes. I had to like tilt the screen on my computer so that it wasn't so bright. It was not very good. And that's something that could have been fixed in post-production. So I'm not exactly sure who Interweave is paying to make these videos, but they're probably overpaying because they're not getting the best product. When it came to sound as well, there were some instances where I heard like Abby give a little cough and things like that. And it could have totally been edited out. They had a multi-camera shoot. And if she had a little cough or other sound with her mouth that was distracting or a little unprofessional in a final product like that, they certainly could have taken it out with ease in post-production. In addition, they had multiple cameras on that shoot, but they were not able to get clear shots of close-ups of the yarn and the fiber that Abby was talking about when she specifically referenced it. She would say, here, let's take a closer look at this and the way it's applied, and then the camera angles didn't reflect that. With the multi-camera shoot, that should have been easy to do, and if they didn't have the material, they should have gone back and reshot it to get the material because she specifically referenced close-up shots. And lastly, in the production of the video, there was a serious editing error that really, I mean, it made me rewind and go, what just happened there? That is not what should have happened. So what they decided to do in post-production, for example, Abby's talking about the short draw. Then she talks about the long draw and everything in between from like a modified supported long draw, etc., etc., etc. Now, when she was recording the section on the short draw, she took a minute to talk about joining fiber when you're using a short draw method of drafting. They cut that out and put that in its own little segment, but it didn't make any sense. It like kind of took it out of context. It didn't really have its own like segment marker and you weren't really prepared for the change. So she goes, because of the way they edited it, she goes straight from talking about the long draw to joining new fiber in a short draw. And it really throws off the flow of the video. They should have left it in where she talked about it during the short draw section. So overview. I really liked Abby Frankamont. Because of the material and her presentation style and the information that she offers, the video is totally worth it. It's worth getting past all of the distractions in the editing to extract the material that she offers in that video is really, really good. If anything, I'd say get it on sale because I know my mom got it for me for Christmas and I think she paid full price for it because it really wasn't on sale at the time. So it was like 40 bucks. Definitely with the quality of the video, get it like at amazon.com or wait for a sale. I really am thankful that my mom got it for me for Christmas, but I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it because I would have been really, really disappointed to pay that much money for a poorly produced video that just distracts from the high quality of information and material that Abby Frankamont provides. So that, my friends, is my spin on drafting the long and short of it. And I will be sure to link to information about the video in the show notes. This week, I am all spun up about the list. 
I know you don't know what the list is, and I'm not going to tell you right now what the list is, but here's the deal. I found out the other day that I have moved up from number 12 to number five on the list. And when I get to number one on that list, I'm going to get a wonderful, joyous new piece of equipment all for me. And I'm not going to tell you what that is yet. I just want to throw that in there. I'm super excited and I cannot wait to be number one. And I've got my fingers crossed that I reach number one and get this equipment before Camp Kip rolls around because it's going to be awesome. Anyway, that's all I've got. That's what's got me all spun up this week. And now it's time to do a little checking in on preparations for my trip. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to call this yet, like I was just tossing around in my head. And I think for now, we're going to call it pre-flight checks. Because this is all the stuff that I'm doing to get ready to depart. To start with, on the crafting tip, what am I doing to get ready to go? Well, I'm contemplating the fact that I'm going to need to like put together concise kits, if you will, for the varying crafting activities I would like to undertake, like a tackle box with all of the hand sewing items I'm going to need. And I'm kind of working on that in preparation for the classes that I'm about to take. Me and one of my knit girls signed up for two quilting classes to take place over in about two weeks, actually. The first of which is a hand quilting class. And we're basically making, I think it's like an 18 inch square where the instructor pretty much teaches you how to do varying hand quilting methods. I don't think I'll have any issues with hand piecing or anything like that, but I would like to get some hands-on instruction on how to hand quilt for when I get there. And I'll probably make a bunch of little projects to get myself ready for that and probably take them with me, like, you know, hand quilted coasters and stuff like that. So the other class is, it's a full quilting class, and that's what I was picking fabric for. It's two-day class spread out over like a week. So the first class is four hours and the second class is four hours spread out over two weeks. And in the course of those two classes, we will make an entire quilt from start to finish. It's like a baby size quilt, even though the pattern isn't baby. And it'll walk us through everything from piecing to, I mean, like everything, piecing and pressing and all the good stuff that goes along with making a quilt. So what I've decided to do is as a little, I guess, departing keepsake for each of my girls is I'm going to make, instead of the one quilt that will just be produced in the classroom hours, I'm going to make two. I'm going to do all the work in the classroom, come home, and repeat all that work over the next week for the other daughter's quilt. So that's one of the things that I'm doing to get ready for my crafting when it comes to my departure. In addition, um, I'm getting off my big fat butt and doing more exercise because when I depart in the middle of May, I have to go to two weeks of training. We will be running around, you know, like in the woods and stuff, carrying gear. And I'm definitely going to need to be in better shape when I am trying to adjust to the extreme climate that I'm going to. So that's what I'm doing. I am prepping for crafting and trying to get into a little better shape so that I actually survive training and my arrival to the desert. And right now what that preparation means is running and a lot of cross-training workouts. I, starting this coming Monday, I will be up to nine or ten workouts per week. So that's one workout every morning plus three runs per week at least because I have signed up for a running clinic over at the base so I can be 
a better runner. I really want to be a better runner because I really hate running. And I figured if I get better at it, maybe I won't hate it so much. So that's actually a six-week, three days per week running clinic that should help me improve my ability to run and hopefully overall my joy for the quote-unquote sport of running. And that's all I've got in my little pre-flight check for this week. Now it's time to spin off this episode of Spin Control, but not before I announce the winner of the January-February donation incentive drawing. I really appreciate everybody that took the time to donate to the podcast in the past month. I don't get very many donors, which is fine. I'm not complaining or anything, but I really do think it's fantastic when I see the little notices come in and I get to put that money back toward the podcast. I use it for equipment and paying for the hosting service, and maybe one of these days I will break even and maybe get out of the red with a podcast. (laughs) Just kidding. It's okay. I supplement the cost of the podcast with the stuff that I sell on Etsy, so it's not that bad. It's just funny. But anyway, without further ado, congratulations to Laura H., our drawing winner for January, February. I believe, actually, I already have your mailing address. I sent you a little thank you card for being a repeat donor, and I will get that hand spun in the mail for you directly. Thank you again to everybody who's taken the time to donate to the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And to those of you who have taken the time to do reviews. We are up to 49 star ratings and I think 47 reviews. That's fantastic. In the last week, Art Girl took the time to go over and write a review. I greatly appreciate that. It's fantastic. And that's really all I've got this week. The song of the week will be A Starfish in the Front Yard by Chris Ayer. And, as always, you can get the show notes and all the details on this episode at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com, catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl, or follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. Save a song for a rainy day I think we're gonna be okay I've got nothing witty left to say Just to stand around and talk about the weather And we know that there's no sense in so much arguing The world is ending and no one's listening We've got things between you and me and God It seems that everything is always stuck between what What's really happening And then our voice is hidden It's just Oh And that's the price of it And it's just Oh And every day that it goes away And it's like we're saying It's not okay All we're left with here today Is one last Oh 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 yeah Than it probably seems But in my life I said a lot of things That I don't mean To try to win you over To try to know my dreams And some of the lies that I tried to hide Were they hidden still from me There's a starfish
fish in the front yard. Yeah, he's sitting there talking about the way how on a rainy day we'll even starfish wind up in the front yard. Talking how the road was hard that brought him from the ocean to a lawn on Nambawe. And then our voice is hidden. It's just oh, we're gonna pay the price of it tonight. Oh, and there he's lying there and dying there is drying out his hide. I think I see a starfish smiling, crying now. Oh, 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 oh. Come with me down to the sea by Santa Cruz. And we can float on funnel cakes and we'll drown ourselves in booze. Yeah. Sitting in the Motel 6, but we'll never leave the room. We're singing about those secret things that keep these songs in tune, yeah. And then our voice is hidden, it's just, oh, we're gonna pay the price of it tonight. Oh, and the day that it goes away, and it's like the say that it's not okay. All we're left with here today is gonna last. Just to stand around and talk about the weather 